If you're looking for a podcast that by the time it finishes is going to give you a, a warm and fuzzy feeling inside. What? <laughs> yeah, not really, no. Warm and fuzzy? Warm and fuzzy, yeah, no. We're not, we know. No, we're not so much. No. Toughen up, Buttercup. This is comedy, tragedy, marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, the podcast where a couple that has been married at 35 years gets together. I mean, we're always together, but uh, we... Not always. Well, you go to work, I go to work. Yeah, uh, that. But in essence, we come together as one uh, to uh, choose each week. We take turns selecting a film or television show or documentary and then we watch it together and then we discuss it with you letting you know just how much we don't know i am stan the movie man <laughs> i review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. i still haven't posted my reviews of malignant and cop shop yet but they're both good i they're very different but they're both very good uh, I'll eventually get those up there. Those reviews are on the way. Uh, sure. Yeah, we'll say that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast, at CT Marriage. You can contact us via email, that quaint old-fashioned service, uh, at marriage at gmail.com. You can also click the link in the uh, description of this episode and leave us a voice message if you so choose. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, my uh, co-creator, my um, um, the, the person for whom all life pales in comparison, my lovely other half. Oh, dear Lord. What was all of that? I just felt like it. Maud the saintly broad. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's what I that's just what I was describing. All will be revealed. That's true. Um it was my choice this week and now that we've gotten past our Marvel catch up, uh I decided to sort of go back in the vault. Uh when I started uh standthemovieman.com, started reviewing films on there. Uh the first film posted on there is this film that we're going to talk about today. It is um, a dramedy um, about yeah, a, a, a terrible person <laughs> who does have some redeeming features. It is the 2014 film St. Vincent. It stars the birthday boy, which as we record this, it's his birthday. Oh, He's nice. 71 today. Bill Murray. Happy along birthday, with, Bill. Yes, along with Melissa McCarthy, uh, Jaden Lieberher, Naomi Watts, Chris O'Dowd, Terrence Howard in a small but pivotal role, and more. Um, Bill Murray plays Vincent, or Vin, as a lot of people call him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a very unhappy, slovenly... Um, just sad, pathetic, curmudgeonly old man. Um, he lives in a home by himself with his cat, uh, a big, white, fluffy, uh, 
It's a big white fluffy Persian-y looking with a mushed in face. Mushed in it's face. It's one of those yeah. flat face cats. I yeah. don't I'm not a cat expert, so I don't know. Right. But it it seems to be a nice cat. Yes, it does. It seems to be as very far nice. as cats go. Right. Um and he wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to hear anybody's story. He just he just wants to wallow in his own filth. Uh, the only person that we know of that he likes talking to um, is uh, Dacha. Daka? Dacha. Daka, his um, sex worker friend. Yes. Played by Naomi, Naomi Watts. Watts. Uh, whose accent is very consistent throughout the film because she's supposedly Russian. So she has a Russian accent that, yes. that's pretty good as far as my ear can tell. Daka Paramova. She is pregnant, she's a sex worker, and she's a stripper. And I, I think stripper falls under the category of sex worker, but... Maybe a subset. She exchanges sex for money with Vin, and uh, she's also, she also works at a, uh, an exotic dancing establishment. A strip club. A strip club. Um... And that's about the only person he has any interaction with. Then, that we see to begin with. Well, any mildly positive interaction. Yeah. Um, enter into the picture Maggie Bronstein, played by Melissa McCarthy. She is a recent, or in the process of getting a divorce. A from very ugly her, divorce. Very ugly divorce. Uh, from her husband, who's a philanderer and... Uh, didn't want kids in the first place. Uh, they wound up adopting a child, which I think, based on her explanation, sounded like he just wanted to shut her up. Probably. Um, because she's unable, she she can't have children on mm -hmm. her own. Uh, and um, they adopt a little boy named Oliver, or they name him Oliver, played by, played by Jaden Lieberher, who now goes by Jaden Martell. Oh, okay. Um, he is, what, in the fifth grade, maybe? Sixth grade? I think they say he's like 12, 11 or 12. He's, and he's small for 11 or 12. Um, and he goes to a Catholic school, even though they're Jewish. Yeah. But he, it's, he thinks he's Jewish. He thinks he's Jewish. Um, and... Um, he gets picked on first day. Somebody steals his, his phone and his keys and his clothes out of his gym locker. Um, and he has to... Um, he can't get on the bus. He doesn't have the directions because he doesn't have any money. Yeah, his wallet's um, gone. His wallet's gone. So uh, he winds up walking home and asking Vin, Vincent if he can stay with him for a little while. Back up a step. Melissa McCarthy and um, Maggie and her son have just moved in next door to Vin. Right. And um, their first interaction with Vin is a particularly cranky one because the dudes in the moving truck um, hit the tree in his yard and knock a tree limb down that smashes his vintage... Um, ancient piece of crap car. Right. Um, and he has already 
um, we see before they move in, he has demolished part of his picket fence. So he takes this opportunity to blame the picket fence on the moving dudes. Right. And he's like, he, Maggie and Oliver try to introduce themselves. We're going to be neighbors. And he's like, you, you broke my fence. You broke my car. You broke my tree. You owe me money. So this is how, this is their first interaction. And that that is what throws them together is that, um, Maggie and Oliver move in next door to Mr. Cranky Pants. Right. And the cat. And um, then, because of of this situation where he doesn't have his house keys, um, uh, Oliver, Oliver doesn't, doesn't have his, have his house keys, um, he uh, asks if he can use Vin's phone, and then um, Maggie asks if Vin can keep Oliver for a while if while she's okay. at work. Yeah, if it's okay she, for him to stay there. She is, um, she runs a CAT scanner. Yeah, she's a CT tech. And, at a hospital, and she's just gotten this job, and she doesn't feel like she can start running home for every little thing that goes wrong with Oliver. Plus, she's busting her tail trying to, A, deal with her lawyers, mm-hmm. and B, afford to send Oliver to this very expensive private Catholic school. So, Vince says... Sees this as an opportunity. Yeah, I'll watch the kid for $12 an hour. And, you know, that first night, you know, Vin feeds him sardines and crackers and calls it sushi. Yeah. Um, Oliver is too smart for that. He says, I know it's sardines when he talks to his mom later. Uh, He eats the sardines and crackers. He seems to like it. Um... And um, Maggie and Vincent come to an uncomfortable agreement that then will watch Oliver after school for $11 an hour if she throws in the snacks. Yeah. Um, Vin then begins educating mm-hmm. young Oliver in the ways of the world, the ways of Vin's world. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to the track, uh, betting on the horses, uh, sitting around in a bar drinking. Of course, he's drinking, uh, Ben's drinking uh, booze, and uh, Oliver's, Oliver's drinking drinking, drinking soft drinks. Um, and he meets Daka. Uh, Vin explains she's a a lady, lady of, the, of night, the night. Yeah, which Oliver assumes means she works at, at night. night. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, there's no, you know, Vin sees that Oliver has no male presence in his life. So he wants to teach him some things, but it's Vin things. It's not you know, what a normal dad would teach his son. Well, he does teach Oliver how to defend himself. He because does. Because Oliver comes home from school that first day in his, like, gym shorts and a undershirt or something because mm-hmm. his clothes are gone. Mm-hmm. So it, Vin's like, you, the kids beat you up, steal your stuff. He, so he knows that and, and he's he, And he bullied. sees the kids beating him up. Yes. Uh, one day. So he so teaches him how ben, to fight. Ben teaches him a trick. Because, you know, he's little. He teaches him to thrust 
from a low position up with the palm of his hand into his opponent's nose. And when a dodgeball game gets out of hand, that's what he does and is very effective. Um, and he and the bully that had stolen his stuff, they wind up becoming best friends. Well, yeah, when you stand up to a bully, the bully will back down. So <laughs> that's I know that's the theory. It's not the way it works. Um, but anyway, in this movie, that's how in it works. In this case, it did. Um, and then uh, Maggie's soon-to-be ex-husband uh, decides to sue for full custody of Oliver because he has had people following Oliver around, taking with pictures with Vin, and sees him at the track, sees him with Daka, sees him at the bar, and, uh, you know... And sees an opportunity to yes, stick it to Maggie. That's because right. he's all about that. Um, this is, as I said in my review in 2011... 14. Four, sorry, 2014. Dude. I know, I know. Um, this is Bill Murray turned up to, you know, all caps, bold print. Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, he essentially, ha well, frequently in his career has played the same guy, uh, whether it's uh, in Ghostbusters or in Stripes or Caddyshack. Meatball. Well, no, Caddyshack was a special interest, a special event. It was him, though, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. But he was somebody who was troubled. Uh, Groundhog Day. Um, he he he's he's variations. On the same He does person. curmudgeon well. Yes, he does. He, uh, And here, he does it just cranked up to 25. I mean, he is a thoroughly unpleasant person. Until you get to know him. Exactly. And until he gets to know you. And he takes Oliver... To a, a, a extended care facility, where he introduces Oliver to Sandy. Now we're never told we we aren't told at first no. who Sandy is or what their relationship is, but it's obvious that Vin loves her. She clearly has some cognitive issues, uh, memory, um, you know, whatever. She yeah. has Alzheimer's or or whatever. But he's um, been doing her laundry for eight years. He's been doing her laundry every weekend for eight years. Um, he puts on a white, like, doctor's coat and a stethoscope because he wants her to be calm. He doesn't want to come in as this stranger. Curmudgeon. He would be a stranger to Sandy. Yeah, that's um, true. And if he appears to be a doctor, that maybe she'll accept it a little better. And we eventually find out that Sandy is his wife. Um, he can't afford to keep Sandy in this very nice... Um, assisted living. Assisted living place. Uh, he can't afford to bet on the horses anymore because he owes his bookie uh, money. Lots of money. And there's some threats of physical violence if he doesn't get it yeah. straightened out. And that's Terrence Howard. Um, and um, he, you know, he doesn't have any money in the bank. He had a reverse mortgage on his home 
but... That ran out. Well, he's been taking money out of his home for a very long time to pay for Sandy's care. Yeah. And now he has maxed that out and he can't get any more money out. So he's kind of screwed. He is. Um, And... Murray plays Vincent as this, you know, obviously it's it's a it's a shield. His his uh, curmudgeonliness yeah. is a shield. He's protecting himself from any more hurt. If he doesn't let anybody get close, they can't hurt him. Yeah. Uh, DACA is strictly a business relationship that happens to have a little, you know, wink wink nudge nudge associated with it. Well, it's transactional. She right. gives him sex. He gives her a little money. Right. Um, but I think he really cares about Daka. He likes her. And she seems to like him yeah. for, for in spite of herself. Yes. Um, and Naomi Watts is almost unrecognizable as, as Daka. She's... She kind of you know, steals every scene she's in. Kind of. Um, like when, you know, she pretends that she's going into labor, but she's really just trying to get Vincent to a, um, Oliver's uh, school, Oliver school program, program, um, which is where the title St. Vincent comes from. Um, it's, it shouldn't work because it just works itself out so neatly and sweetly by the time we get to the end yeah. it's it's very emotionally manipulative as you know you and I well, both yeah. responded to um and you know there are problems with the film you know basically because Scott Adsit who plays um uh, Melissa McCarthy's ex-husband mm-hmm. she describes him as an awful person who just wants to hurt her mm-hmm. but the few times we see him uh, outside of that one courtroom scene um, he doesn't seem like a bad guy eh. um, he, I really didn't pay him that much mind he uh you know, he comes, picks Oliver up because he's got 50-50 custody. Yeah, he gets 50-50 custody. And, um, you know, he's paying for a babysitter so that Vincent doesn't have to watch him, doesn't have to watch Oliver anymore. It's like supervised visits. Right. Um, and there's, you know, they're, they're friendly-ish. Um, when during the school assembly, he sits down next to her. Yeah. Um. So, even though we're set up to hate her ex-husband, the movie doesn't show us any reason to. Only what she tells. Only us. what she tells us. Which is good enough for me because it's Melissa McCarthy and I am here for her. Right. I and I believe her too. I. I this is a failure of the movie, not of the character. Yeah. Um, and as I said, everything just sort of, we're given this beautiful package. We're, we're given shreds 
and sh uh, shreds of paper and shards of glass at the beginning and by the end of it we have a beautiful vase inside of a beautifully wrapped package um, because it all comes together so neatly and cleanly by the end. Um, if I wanted to be mean to this movie, I would be. Um, but you don't, do you? But I don't. Yeah. Because A, a it's Bill Murray uh, laying on a fairly thick Boston accent. I think that's Boston. Even uh, though they live in New York, but... Yeah, live she, in New York? Sheepshead Bay, all that. Okay. Yeah, those are New York Oh, that must be, a new, must be a local New York accent. Uh, sounded Boston to me in pieces. Well, he's first generation... Um, his parents were Irish immigrants, and he's first generation in the States. Okay. So... It's some mixture of, of a accent. Yeah. Um... But, um, yeah, that, that accent and the way he behaves and how he doesn't want to hear anybody's story. You know, Miss Melissa McCarthy starts to tell him about her awful ex-husband and he wants nothing to do with Yeah, he's he, not having it. It doesn't matter what the story is. He doesn't want any part of it. Uh, but Oliver starts to get to him early on. Yeah. And... Well, he sees the underdog, and I think that he, playing amateur shrink as mm -hmm. I am wont to do, mm -hmm. I think he sees a little bit of himself in Oliver as the underdog and, you know, beleaguered and put upon mm -hmm. and kind of screwed and backed into a corner and all those other metaphors. Yeah. Um, but he sees this scrawny kid who doesn't know how to defend himself and there's no father on the scene to teach him these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that worms its way underneath the crust of curmudgeonly Vincent. And as these stories go, there has to be some sort of, um, you know, dividing event or factor into late into the film where... Vincent is like his mom doesn't want Oliver anywhere near Vincent anymore because of the court case. Mm -hmm. And Vincent and um, and his mom and Melissa McCarthy's character have this across the fence exchange that is rather cruel. Um about how each of them is at fault for the positions they find themselves yeah. in. Um, it's, and, and again, it, it just it just cleans up far too nicely. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, and this was fairly early in Melissa McCarthy's movie career. Um, yeah, this is. You said that this was kind of where we learned that she's more than just Mike and Molly, right. which was her TV sitcom on right. CBS for several years. And she's, um, you know, just this, just a surprise watching her in this film because, and in in everything since that's had some dramatic. Um, she's a good impact. actor. And you know, we've been watching her in Nine Perfect Strangers. Yes. Um, Love her. Yes. Totally here for her. And even though her 
her character is slightly more comedic than most of the others. Um, there's also a lot of pain and, and brokenness. There's a lot of range that she's played in mm -hmm. Nine Perfect Strangers, which is great. It's just the kind of... Well, she's one of the executive producers, too, also with Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. who executive produces and also stars, which is... This is the perfect kind of vehicle for Melissa McCarthy to really showcase what she can do as an actor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, between Melissa McCarthy and Naomi Watts and, of course, Bill Murray. Yeah, see, in a movie like this, you would expect Melissa McCarthy to be the comic relief, but Naomi Watts is the comic relief. She and is. She is, for me, she is also a surprise and a very good one because, like I said before, she kind of steals almost every scene she's in. Well, I, I, she doesn't get a lot of chance to be comedic in most of her roles. Exactly. Um, and buried under that um, tinted hair, you know, it's got pink Yeah, her hair's blonde ends. and pink. Um, and uh, what looks to be about a quarter of an inch of spray tan and uh, that belly. A prosthetic pregnant belly. Yeah. And uh, that accent. Yeah. She's a different person. Yeah. Um, and she's fantastic. Yeah. As this foul-mouthed Russian <laughs> sex worker. Sex worker. Pregnant sex worker. Pregnant sex worker. Uh, who, who can't, you know, strip anymore because of the belly. Um, people aren't giving her any more tips. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, there's, this thing is made up of four amazing performances. Yeah. And, and a even very though, unlikely story. And even though these four amazing performances can at times feel like they're in four different movies, um, they're in this one. And it is amazingly good. I, when I saw it the first time, when it first came out, it only got a limited release. Um... And it was like, wow, I can't believe how good this movie is. Now, I expected something from Bill Murray. Yeah. But I didn't know about the rest of them. And yeah. I had no idea who uh, uh, Lieberher was. Um, well, no, this was his first film role, apparently, because it says introducing. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't recognize uh, Jaden... Uh, Lieberher, uh, Jaden Martell um, is the name he goes by now, and he was the leader of the Losers Club in Ch It Chapter One. So, um, a real pig of a movie. You don't like it. I think it's great. It's the second movie that fails for me, It Chapter Two. They wasted that cast and that, uh, and that monster. Um, in a overstuffed sequel. Okay. But, you know, Jaden Martell is a terrific actor who is going to, I hope, grow into a terrific adult actor. Mm. Um, he's, he's, a, he's very talented. 
in this movie, he's sort of written like a sitcom kid who's smarter than all the adults in the room, more emotionally mature than all the adults in the yeah. room. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a little cliche, but it's also at the same time real good with him playing off of uh, Bill Murray's uh, Vincent. And his um, chemistry with everybody is good. Everybody yeah. he interacts with, he he's totally believable as you know Maggie's kid. He's totally believable as Bill Murray's foil. Um, he just it, it, the kid's a good actor. And somebody who gets a uh, you know special commendation, Chris O'Dowd, who played uh, the priest, Brother Garrity, who's Oliver's teacher. He was funny. He's very funny. I liked funny. him. He uh, he is actually... Um, no, I was about to say he was with McCarthy. He's not. Never Beside mind. the point. Um, but he uh, he's very funny in pretty much everything he does. But he, he also can be serious, too. Yeah. seen him in several movies, and um, he's on lots of different, like, uh, British TV shows. Yeah. Um... And um, he's 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 terrific and all that keep. stuff. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's got lots of credits under his belt. And again, I hope to see him in more stuff. Um, so cool. We uh, we seem to have enjoyed Saint Vincent, but we'll completely fill you in on our ratings for Saint Vincent as well as what we've watched right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We watched St. Vincent starring Bill Murray, who, as we record this on September 21st, is celebrating his 71st birthday. Okay. Um, we can't do the whole thing. Cause yeah, actually we can because it's been decided that, that the happy birthday song is fair use. Public domain? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still, I'm not done. Don't listen, I do it. So. Um, so, um, I've made no bones about how much I enjoyed St. Vincent. We watched it on Apple TV. It is, um, apparently also available on Pluto, but it would have commercials have commercials. In it. Um, and a few other places also with commercials. But you can rent it without commercials on all the places where you rent movies. Uh, so, tell me, what did you think of St. Vincent? Um, I loved it. It hit me in my feels. It made me cry like a girl a little bit. Toward the end of the movie, I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying! And you're like, yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, but there are, there are some issues with the film. So, by virtue of those, splitting the difference with four really, really strong five actually, really strong performances um, I would give St. Vincent four and a half busted halos Okay um, and um, I gave it five stars when I reviewed it um, in 2014 and I'll continue to give it that despite its issues and how neatly it wraps up um it just makes you feel good to watch it's it. a feel-good film it so, really is uh yeah five uh busted halos from me 
uh, for St. Vincent. So, tell me, what, pray tell, have you been watching? Okay, so over the weekend, I did a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just bouncing around on Hulu, um, looking for what there was, and I saw, um, big full-screen picture of Elizabeth Moss, and I'm like, okay, love her, whatever this is, I'm in. So, it turned out to be, um, a two-season limited miniseries kind of a thing, um, Australian, called Top of the Lake. The first, um, series, um, well, both series revolve around, um, Elizabeth Moss's character, a an Australian police detective named Robin Griffin. Um, we meet her and learn through the course of the first season what all of her emotional baggage is, why kind of why she's in law enforcement, what trauma from her past drives her forward. Um, and we meet some of her, you know, the people surrounding her, her police detective bosses and co-workers and such um the first series season of this is simply called top of the lake the plot line revolves around a missing pregnant 12 year old girl named tui who um disappears when she's about four months pregnant um, we meet her father, half-brothers. Um, her father is utterly despisable. Um, he kind of is in charge of the local cr organized crime. The local crime scene. Yeah. Um, a Everybody's afraid of him. Yeah, he's, he's an intimidator. Um, his two boys that live at home are just straight-up thugs. And I think maybe have some intellectual difficulties, shall we say? They seem a little slow to me. Well, they look—they looked a little meffed up. Yeah, it's so, drugs. Yeah. yeah, they're altered. Um, there is a meth lab operating out of the house. Mm -hmm. um, they manufacture ecstasy and other stuff. You know, depending on what chemicals they can get a hold of in what quantities. Um, a subplot underneath this, which um, gives this, the series its title, Top of the Lake, is that for years and years, um, this thug mastermind character has owned a piece of property called Paradise. And one day his sons notice that there are moving trucks bringing in... Um, shipping containers and a bunch of women and he's like this this can't happen on my land and um he is told when he goes to top of the lake paradise to find out what the deal is well um this is not your land i bought it and the person who bought it is an unrecognizable Holly Hunter, who has waist-length gray hair, she's rail thin, she's wearing baggy brown clothes, and she's supposed to be a Swiss national. She opens her mouth, she sounds just like Holly Hunter, so right. she's no accent whatsoever. Um, she's a little bit of very interesting seasoning to this whole situation. Um, 
long story short, Tui, we do see Tui again much, much later. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. You know, this is not something maybe that a lot of people have seen. Right. Um, this, the first series season of this was made in 2014, which would have been right at the tail end of um, Mad Men for Elizabeth Moss. So she's like, you know, appears to have been multitasking here. The second season is called um, Top of the Lake, China Girl. Um, it was made in 2017, which would have been just before Handmaid's Tale, or at the very, very beginning of Handmaid's Tale. Um, Elizabeth Moss's character, Robin Griffin, has gone from New Ze the New Zealand area and bush where the first installments take place back to mainland Australia um, and the second series revolves around um, an Asian sex worker who has gone missing and it turns out that these sex workers are doing much more than turning tricks to earn their money um, we meet another set of detectives and um, the the misogyny and sexism and um, just bad treatment of women and harassment um, is rampant in both seasons of this, which is triggering and angering, um, but apparently it's really a thing there. Apparently, yeah. So, um, Elizabeth Moss does a very small bit of sort of an Aussie-English hybrid accent kind of situation. It's, it's not great, but her acting is stellar. As always. As always. Particularly stellar here in that we see her... Um, much more exposed, literally, um, than than we ever did in Mad Men, for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, we we see boobies. There's there's nudity. There's sexual content. There's language in both of these series. Um, I watched both seasons, and and again, both seasons combined are like twelve or thirteen episodes. So it wasn't you know like I was plowing through this ages long right. situation but I watched all of season one in one day and all of season two the next day and so that was last weekend for me yeah and I, I wound up paying more attention to it than I thought I would well Elizabeth Moss well Elizabeth Moss an interesting story um, decent amount of violence yeah um, yeah there the, is violence too in the second series uh, we get Nicole Kidman in an almost unrecognizable role um, as the mother, the adoptive mother of a young woman who is central to the story. Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman has this sort of salt and pepper hair and she's got blotches all over her face. Um, I didn't like notice sunspots. the blotches. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, there's definitely some blotches on her face. Maybe just freckles. Well, Nicole Kidman doesn't mind being uglied up. 
because she's done that yeah. in several of her movies. And neither does Holly Hunter. Um, yeah, and Holly Hunter, yeah, like you said. Unrecognizable. Well, unrecognizable, but also not even an effort to hide that Georgia accent or whatever no. accent I don't, that is. I don't, I don't know if she's ever attempted a different accent in anything. She, but I've never seen her do anything other than sound like Holly Hunter. Yeah, and she certainly does in the first season of Top of the Lake. Uh, Nicole Kidman uh, was a surprise for me to see her in this um, because it's not the starring role. It's certainly pivotal, but not the lead. And it's certainly not glamorous. And it's not glamorous. Um, and she comes off not real well. The character, she's a kind of unlikable ice queen. Mm -hmm. Which is by design. Yes. Um, and, and manipulative. Yes. Um, and... Very insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Both of these seasons are terrific. And, yes, they're relatively short. Maybe 12 episodes. Total, yeah. Per... Well, I think it's 8 and 8. No, it wasn't that many. It's, it's either 12 or 13, depending on where you viewed it, if it was in the United States or the UK. Oh, okay. Um, but... If you enjoy crime dramas... Um, and, you know, not your standard procedurals, not your um, every week law and order kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are some surprises. Yes. Um, and some shocking twists. Yeah. Season two moves much more quickly. Yes. Than season one did. I would season, agree. season one was a much slower slow burn. Mm hmm. Um, maybe they tweaked it in the second series to make it a little more American-friendly. I don't know. Well, it wasn't ever shown here except on a streaming platform. Um, it was shown on the BBC and Australian TV. Okay. But not not here. Um, I think it originally here was on Netflix, but maybe they... Only had a limited time with it. Anyway. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's very good. It's called Top of the Lake. That's season one. And Top of the Lake, China Girl, season two. On Hulu. On Hulu. We've been watching The Usual Suspects. Not the movie, um, but the things we always watch. Like uh, Only Murders in the Building. Buried uh, in the Backyard. Buried in the Backyard, which is uh, an Oxygen series that is available on um, Peacock. Plus. And it's really good. One of the one of the detectives in one of the episodes said, you know, it's really it's really unusual. Um, it's really rare that someone buries someone in the backyard. And it's like, well, you built a whole series on the premise, so <laughs> well, he didn't. No, uh, but a but, whole but series he's exists. He's participating in a show that is nothing but bodies buried in, buried the, backyard. in the backyard. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's actually been more entertaining than I suspected it might yeah, be. Yeah, it's been really good, I think. Well, entertaining might be the wrong word. Interesting is probably the more uh, appropriate choice of words. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Uh, continuing to enjoy that. Evil on Paramount Plus. Digging it. Also very good. Um, moving it to Paramount Plus was a good choice. Yeah, it can be. It can have language and they and some mild nudity, yeah, and sexual um, stuff and gore. So, 
and gore. Yeah. So yeah, if that was you, a good call. If you haven't uh, watched any evil, you can only get it on Paramount Plus. It's no longer on CBS. Uh, we watched the first um, season on Netflix, but I think all of it now is on Paramount Plus. So give that a shot over there. Uh, what else? Anything? Nine Perfect Strangers. Nine Perfect Strangers. I'm, I'm living for those installments now because it's only dropping one episode a week. It's not right. the whole thing. Um, pretty much everything we've talked about here, with the exception of Buried in the Backyard um, and Top of the Lake, is a week at a time. Yeah. Um, so if uh, you have access to Hulu, uh, that is uh, a great thing to watch. I need to catch up on this season's uh, American Horror Story. I haven't watched any of that yet. Um, and uh, What We Do in the Shadows Season 3 is, is out now. Is that is that dropping. vampire thing? Yes. I hated that. <laughs> Watch that when I'm napping or when I'm gone or when I'm gone napping mm -hmm. or I, I, I hated that. Okay. Well, you, you dug it. I'm very sorry. That's okay. It's an acquired taste. I'll I'll give you that, but it tastes like feet. Okay, uh, so I don't guess you'll be joining me in those discussions. Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, well, I, I guess that's it. Um, kind of. We don't really have anything else to discuss. Um, you had said that. Um for since the hashtag MCU indoctrinate indoctrination for me was basically over that you might start going a little darker with your film choices but this week was not that so and of course next week is my turn and of course I have no idea but mm -hmm. we're coming closer coming and closer to spooky season yes and there is there is one that is old and cornball and I want you to see it because it's old and cornball and I really liked it so okay um but I'm not going to spoil anything because it's not spooky season yet no so I have a couple ideas for spooky season as well okay so um but that is yet to come yeah we've got a couple of weeks left of not spooky season no one week left eh? yeah yeah, one, one a week left because next week's the week of the 27th, so on the 28th is yours. Holy dang, it's almost October. And it's almost time for a vacation. It's almost time for a vacation. So, yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, spooky season starting soon. Ooh, Ooh I get first choice for spooky season. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Please uh, give us five stars and a uh, review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave reviews for podcasts. Um, you can uh, get in contact with us by sending us an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion for something you'd like for us to watch, send us uh, the name of what it is, where we can find it, and why you think we should watch it. Again, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode next week it is Maud's turn it's yeah and i got no idea as much a mystery as uh, the colonel's 11 herbs and spices 
Yeah. So. There you go. By the way, complete non sequitur. Yeah. KFC's social media, Twitter. Yeah. They follow um, 11 people. The five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb. Oh, God. 11 Urban Spices. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Love you. Love you. Till next time. <laughs> Later. Later. Yay!